Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 379 and session number 117 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I do it every single Friday, and we're going to do it again today. I am super, super excited, as usual, on Friday, not just because it's the weekend, or depending on when you're listening to this, it might be Monday morning. And if it's Monday morning, let's celebrate Monday morning. It doesn't have to just be the weekend, even though we were kind of trained as, you know, kids as we're growing up, or a lot of us that, you know, Fridays were, hey, let's go weekend. And then Sundays were, oh boy, I got to go back to school or, oh, I got to go back to work. Like, I think every day we can celebrate being able to go out there and and do what we want to do. And in this case, it's build ourselves a business that can support our lifestyle, at least that's what it is for me and I know a lot of you listening. So super excited to be here again to answer some of your questions here on this Ask Scott session. If you guys have any questions that you want me to answer on an upcoming Ask Scott session, just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and you can do that. Just leave your first name, maybe where you're tuning in from, that would be kind of cool, and then just a brief question, and that would be awesome, and I would love to hear from you. Now, I can't promise that I'm going to be able to air this, you know, right off the bat or, you know, maybe in the next week, but it probably will get answered in an upcoming session. So just keep listening. That's all. Just keep listening, and uh, I'll do my best to answer these questions. Now, today, I'll just give you a little, a little teaser of what we're going to be talking about. Number one is negative reviews and how they could be hurting your sales and kind of what to do about that, what to do about like competition that might be hiring people to upvote the negative reviews. If you haven't heard about that, it's pretty bad when that happens and it can really hurt your sales. I'm going to give you my thoughts on that. Also, understanding pay-per-click or sponsored product ads, the search terms and organic sales. And then also, we're going to talk a little bit about patent pending on products that you might be interested in selling in the future and what we should think about that before we end up jumping into that arena. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, you guys know I like to give you my thoughts of the week or kind of what's what's going on in my mind, right? Like what's happening. Well, I want to actually give a little shout out here to Wasim. Now, Wasim posted in the Facebook group and I think we were talking about like, you know, some of your wins, some of your losses and, and stuff like that. And he came in and he said, you know what? I'm going to give you guys some advice. Ready, shoot, aim. Or there's a book out there called Ready, Fire, Aim. And it basically means just hurry up, get something out there, and then you can kind of see what the results are. And then you can, you know, you can kind of re-aim and, and then shoot again and, and all of that, right? It's rather than having everything perfect and having everything lined up and then just keep waiting and waiting and waiting. So he said in e-commerce terms, it could look like this. Research, take action, refine. And I like that. I like that a lot. Research, take action, refine, right? You're probably not going to hit a home run. You might not even hit a base hit, but I can tell you this, you will get results. And those results, everyone thinks that results have to be, you know, they have to be like positive results. No, it could be a negative result that lets you see what will happen and then maybe you adjust or maybe you learn something through that process that helps you with the next product. All right, so I love that. Wasim, if you're listening, thank you so much for posting that. And uh, I totally, totally get it. Research, take action, refine. All right, so I love that. If you guys want to hang out in our Facebook group, our community, our awesome community of TASers, head over to theamazingseller.com 
forward slash F is in Frank, B is in boy, and uh, go over there and make yourself welcome and dig through some of the archives. You can go to the little search tab there or the little search box, type in one of your maybe questions that you have right now, if it's on product research or sourcing or launching or any of that stuff, you'll probably get a ton of results back that you can kind of start digging through and see some of those past conversations. Uh, Because even though those conversations might be three months old, they're going to be new to you. And uh, that's how you can kind of learn and kind of dig through some of those archives. Now, before we jump in, let me remind you guys, the show notes, the transcripts can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 379. You can grab all of the goodies over there. All right, guys, let's go ahead and let's get this baby rocking and rolling. I am fired up to get, to get started here, to get listening or to start listening to, uh, I can't even talk, I'm so excited, to start listening to your questions and, uh, and I can give you my feedback and hopefully help you and move you in the right direction. So let's go ahead and do that. What do you say? Let's go ahead and kick this baby off. Hello, Scott. This is Naman from Houston, Texas. I am uh, a listener of your podcast for a very long time and it's such a great resource. I listen to it every day. Uh, either going to work or coming back from work. Uh, The reason for my call today is I had a great product uh, with four plus star ratings, uh, doing great sales. It was a number one bestseller. Uh, Recently, however, um, I see that uh, some of my competition has basically uh, started upvoting uh, my uh, reviews, uh, the the negative ones. And because of that, uh, you know, I've seen big jumps in the number of uh, 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 upvotes on bad reviews. And uh, what's happened now is that the uh, top reviews that show up on my listing are all the one-star reviews, even though my product is, is uh, product itself is four plus stars. Uh, I'm just uh, contacting to see uh, what I can do in this situation, especially when uh, upvotes and downvotes are not allowed by uh, Amazon. I've tried to contact them. And they have not been of any help. Um, so I'm just trying to see what to do because it's really ruined the sales for me. Um, it's it's cut, cut my sales more than more than half. Uh, so I hope you can uh, give me some advice on that. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Hey, Naman, thank you so much for the question. And let me tell you something. I feel your pain. Now, you know what we're talking about here is you're probably in a competitive market or you have a competitive product right? Probably has a good number of sales monthly through the top 10 or top 15. So again, you're more of a target. Now I've said this and and I'm going to get to kind of like how we can kind of work on this issue, which is not going to be an easy thing to do. I'm just going to let everyone know, like there's no silver bullet here. There's no like quick fix that I can give you guys. But what I can do is say, listen, if you guys are just starting This is exactly why we do not want to go after competitive markets, at least me, okay? Because you're going to have to deal with this stuff on a regular basis. Very similar to hijackers, right? It's the same kind of idea. They're just coming on. They're trying to take advantage of your listing that might be doing doing good. But now what we're talking about here is someone wants to make your product listing look bad. And the way that they can do that is they can hire people. Literally, they can go out there and pay people. There's services out there, I'm sure, that you can say, hey, upvote or downvote. And what we mean by that, this is if you guys are are brand new, is if you have a review on your listing, I can go to that review and I can say if it was helpful or not. 
And the more that I say that it's helpful, the more that it's going to drive it up to the top. So if a competitor came over and said, oh, let's go ahead and and hurt this person, we can go over here and we can start we can start down, or I'm sorry, upvoting that negative review. So if you had a one-star review, we can start upvoting that. Now, I would never, ever, ever recommend doing that. I think it's I think it's terrible. It makes me actually sick to my stomach thinking that people would go that low to doing that. And there's people out there listening that you may have done that. And shame on you. Like, I do not think that, that you should do that. That's like so dirty. It, it's just... It's bad. Like I do not recommend that, and I think anyone that has done that are you know cheating. And I think that it's kind of like having uh, someone in your local area, and you have brick and mortar businesses, and then you're having people go out there and say bad things about you, even though they're not true. Like really, what you're doing there is you're 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 helping uh, this, or you're you're making it look like you're helping yourself, but you're you're basically going on to a competitor. And then just saying, like, these people are bad, even though they weren't. Like, going to a restaurant and then going on Yelp and saying that they're bad just because you want your your friend's restaurant to do better. You know, it's just, it's not good karma. It's not goodwill. It's just terrible, right? So, I, I get it, and it, it's happening. I don't like it, but that's the other reason why I don't like going into these really, really high competitive spaces or these markets, right? I try to stay away from them, right? And that's why, you know, some people say, well, if I'm going to put all that work into it, I want to go and get a product that's going to get me 50 sales a day. That's fine. Go knock yourself out. But you are going to run into these issues. You are going to run out, you know, you're run up against people that are going to go out there and they're going to cheat and they're going to play dirty and supplements. Perfect example. It's going to happen. I'm just going to, I'm just telling you right now, if you go into the supplement market, it is going to happen. Now, if you want to go after that market, go for it. Just be prepared. That's all I'm saying. So, okay, let's kind of address what you can do in this case. Now, you've already reached out to seller uh, seller support, uh, which I think that that's like your first step. I think you you need to have that trail, that paper trail of you saying like, listen, I, I know that this is happening. I need you to be aware of this, whatever, right? So this way here, you have a paper trail. They will start to investigate it as well, especially if people that are upvoting or that are downvoting or any of that stuff, if they're doing that, they also, if they've ever been blacklisted or if they've ever had suspensions or maybe they're even going to make it at the point and they haven't done so yet, but maybe if you have not you know, been you know, an Amazon member for a period of time, your, your vote doesn't count, like that type of stuff, but definitely get them on the radar. That would be step number one. Step number two is going to be really about you going out there and just focusing on getting your organic sales. Even though this may be hurting you, you're still getting, let's say, 50% of your sales and then really, really honing in on, on getting those people to leave reviews in an ethical way. And that means just a good follow-up. That means giving them you know, good customer service, you know, basically being a real person, right? And then from there, my next part to this would be, this is why it's extremely, extremely important to have your own email list. And what I mean by this is, if you have your own email list and you've built up a little bit of a, of a raving fan base, like I'm saying like 100 to 150 people, like you can have thousands on your list, but you're going you're gonna to have that core group of people that it will buy every time that you, you launch at a discount. If you tell them 
or mention to them that, you know, hey, could you do me a favor? Could you go over and uh, and let Amazon know how we're doing? We just want to make sure that we're doing a good job. We want them to know we're doing a good job. They will go to bat for you. Now, I'm not saying have those people go over and leave upvotes on yours and downvotes on, on your competition. That would not that would not be something I'd recommend. But what I would recommend is definitely reaching out to your email list and, and asking them to leave you, you know, an honest review. Now that does not mean that you're in, you're being they're being incentivized. That's the that's the thing that we do not want to do. You do not want to say, "Hey, leave me a review and I'll give you a 25% discount." That's not what we're saying. We do not want to do that. And what I'm saying is after they've purchased full price, 25% off, whatever it is, then you can come back and say, "Hey, could you do me a favor? Could you let Amazon know how we did?" That's it. That would really help us as a small business. And then if you do have that list of people, that will definitely, definitely help you because now they will just go to bat for you. They'll do it for you. So that's what I would do personally. So just to recap here, number one, if you can stay out of those competitive markets, do that and you won't have these kind of problems or at least you'll have less of a chance to have these problems. Um, Number two is reach out to seller support. Let them know what's happening. Number uh, three I would say just go after sales, like go and try to just continually get sales, pay-per-click, all that stuff, and then number four would be your launch list, and then from that launch list, I would, again, try to get those sales, and then I would, you know, reach out to those people and ask them to go over to Amazon and let them know and Amazon know how you did with feedback, with reviews, whatever, and then that will start to really kind of compound on top of maybe those negative uh, reviews that are starting to show at the top. Um, so that's what I would do personally there. Hopefully this helped you or anyone else out in this situation. I know it can be frustrating, but I think your best bet is to just really focus on making your customers that you have extremely happy so they will want to go over and leave you a positive five-star review. All right, so hopefully this helps. Let's go ahead and listen to today's next question and I'll give you my answer. Ahoy, Scott. It's Narinda from Australia. Just wanting to say thank you so much for your podcast. Absolutely love it. Um, Your positivity, your energy, your detailed questions and ideas are just fantastic. Um, Really struggling with uh, finding the the search terms that people are using to find my products. Uh, Is it true that when you start up a pay-per-click campaign uh, that if you start an auto campaign, it actually appears in your search term report as a broad campaign. If that's the case, are they actually two different things as in the broad campaign that that is actually an auto one is what Amazon decides they're going to uh, use the search terms and the other one is where you've put those in the back end. The problem I'm finding is that I've run auto campaigns and even though I've sold um, a number of products of this particular, I'm only a new seller and I'm only starting in January, so I've sold about 30 of these products, I can only find on the search term reports the uh, place where the identification of three of these with the um, associated search terms. So I I have no idea what is the search term that 
uh, that all these other buyers were using? What are the search terms? So I don't know if you can help me, if there's any way of um, me trying to find that out. Um, Really appreciate your help. Thanks, Scott. Bye. Hey, Narinda, thank you so much for the question all the way from Australia. Love the accent too, by the way. And thank you so much for the question. And uh, yeah, also, I just want to kind of let everyone know, Narinda actually asked a question before this, and then she came back on the voicemail and said, skip that last question. Um, Let's go ahead and and move on to the next question. And it it still was based around uh, pay-per-click. And it really was about like, okay, I'm spending money on pay-per-click. I see that out of 30 sales, I've gotten three sales from pay-per-click. And so the other 27 sales came from where? Well, that would be organic. So that's an organic sale, which we love. But now the next question that she had asked was, well, how do I know what that search term was that they used in organic? That's going to be really hard to see. Now, the one way that you can kind of maybe see this, and this isn't 100% accurate, but it's a way for you to start to see what you're converting for on, or, you know, or as far as organically, is uh, the, the tool scope. Uh, you can, it's, a, it's a Chrome extension. It's through Seller Labs. Uh, and what that does is it allows you to go on your listing or anybody's listing for that matter, and it will pull up the search terms, the keywords, search terms, that are being displayed for that listing, and it'll give you an, a guesstimate of the sales that are being generated through that keyword. I'm not quite sure how it works, but I do know that it's probably better than nothing, all right? Uh, but uh, you know, I would use that as a gauge as well, but I don't necessarily think that you are going to know exactly on the organic side of things. The pay-per-click side of things, we know 100% what has converted, and, uh, and in this case, you're asking now about auto. In your first question, which we didn't play that because I didn't want to have like three questions in a row from you, but I'm just going to kind of, you know, throw it out there and kind of let people know what was asked. And it was really like, okay, I'm running, you know, sponsored product ads. I can see that, you know, I spent X amount of dollars and, you know, I got so many impressions and then I got three sales. I can pretty much look in the back end in the search terms report and I can see even though I'm running a broad match, okay, a broad type inside of my campaign, I can still see that I was advertising for garlic press and that was, and it shows you like that's the, that's the keyword and then it'll say search term. You have to pull the search term report to see this, okay? And in order to do that, you just go into your uh, campaign manager area there, you'll see a little thing that says reports on the right-hand side, at least that's where it is now, but you'll find it. And then from there, you'll go to search term report, and then that will spit out that information. So it'll show you your impressions, it'll show you the clicks, and then it'll show you the sales. And then you can, act, even if you don't see, like let's say you don't make any sales, this is still very important to do this because then we can kind of get an idea of what people are actually searching for. Now, we went into really, really deep discussion on this and training and all of that in our pay-per-click series that we did. If you guys have not watched that, it's totally free resource for you guys. We did Facebook Lives, Q&As, we did campaign setup, all kinds of stuff there. And you can find that resource by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC for pay-per-click. And you can go there and you can check all that stuff out. But bottom line is, 
you are always kind of guessing at what the keyword is. Okay, that's like the seed word, we call that, the seed keyword. And then once someone searches for something like stainless steel garlic press, it'll show that alongside the broad term that you were going after, so garlic press. So then we know that, wow, you know, we got a whole bunch of people that were searching for that particular search term, so maybe that is our main keyword, and then we can start to see where we're ranking and all of that fun stuff, okay? Now, talking about auto campaign, and that was really the question here, was, all right, now, if I do an auto campaign, I'm not telling it any keyword to go after. All I'm doing is saying, give me the information, right? So what it will do at this point now is you'll see these little asterisks, and then in those, or right alongside those asterisks in that campaign, you'll see the search terms that were being displayed. So you will see the search term just from it triggering off of the auto campaign. And, you know, I used to say that doing an auto campaign from, from the start was the way that I've always done it. And it's still not a bad way of doing it, but this is kind of like if you have no idea what your keywords are to start with. Now I like to do it the other way. And what I'll do now, and again, we talk about this in the pay-per-click series, but what I do now is I'll find a handful, five or maybe 10 of those really top keywords that I know are the ones that people are probably searching for. And you kind of know these, right? And even by just looking at your competition and seeing what they have in their titles and stuff like that. And then I'll put them in a manual campaign and then I will run that, okay? And then I will start to say, oh, or I'll start to see, okay, well, garlic press was in there. That was one of mine, but stainless steel garlic press got a ton of impressions, right? Because it's going to show me that, okay? Because all I did was I used that as a seed word as my broad match, okay? And then I can start to refine that. But then going back to like, okay, well, how do I know now on those other sales that aren't coming through pay-per-click, how do I know? I wouldn't really worry about that. I would worry about, you got sales, so that's awesome, but it's gonna take more than 27 or 30 sales to really understand what your main keywords and search terms are going to be. So that's a really small number. Again, with impressions, this is another way to kind of see what people are searching for without you even getting clicks or sales is by you putting in a broad term and then seeing how many impressions it's getting. So a good test for this would be, and I just recently did this, and I'm not saying that you have to do this and, you know, by all means, you know, you're, you're, you're going to, to spend some money and probably not make any sales on this, but this is a way that I can collect data really, really quickly, and my good friend Dom Sugar kind of pushed me to do this because we were kind of impatient, but I set up a campaign and I targeted just one keyword, seed keyword, and I wanted to see, like, what kind of data I could collect with that, like, really fast. So I raised my bid cost per click to $5, yes, $5, and then from there I lowered my budget, my ad spend on that campaign to like 20 bucks, so if I had gotten, you know, four clicks, I would have been out of budget, but the thing was, is I was able to see how many impressions I was able to get in that short period of time before I even got any clicks, so I think we got like 10,000 or 15,000 impressions in like, uh, gosh, probably less than two hours. So I knew that that definitely that phrase or that keyword was really hot, but now what I could do also is I can look on the search terms report on the back end, not right away, and that takes some time before you're actually gonna get that data back, but then I can start to see the actual search terms. 
So again, it's a way for you to start to really understand and see what your market is searching for. So hopefully this helped you. And, and I know that for a lot of people, it's confusing and, and all that. That's why we did that, that full training series. It was like a week-long series. Um, definitely recommend you going checking that out, theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC, totally free. Just go check that out. And it'll probably make more sense. But I always tell people, start slow. And then from there, start to refine. And then you can start adding more to that budget. But that's pay-per-click. Going into the organic side, side of things, one way to do that is, number one, if you ran scope on your listing like today and then a week from now, you did it again, you can start to see what other keywords you're starting to be indexed for and starting to be seen for. And that will give you an idea as well. Um, but again, this stuff takes time, right? It's like you're not going to get those results overnight. So hopefully this helped you. Thank you so much for the question again. And thank you so much for listening in the car. I don't know if it, if it, uh, if it was this question that you sent or the one before, but you said that you have like an hour or two ride in uh, work every day and home every day and you listen to the podcast. So I just want to say thank you so much for being a listener. And I'm glad that I'm able to, to kind of be in the car with you and, and making the, the ride go a little bit better uh, by you listening to this information. So as always, keep me posted and let me know how things are going. All right, guys, let's go ahead and listen to one more quick question. I'll give you my answer. We'll wrap this baby up and we can get rocking and rolling. Let's do this. Hey, Scott, my name is Adrian and I'm from Serbia. So yeah, TAS is going really global right now uh, because I currently don't live in Serbia, but I live in China, Shenzhen, where I'm sourcing products and working on my Amazon business, developing my e-commerce site. So I'm full into that right now. And first of all, I want to thank you for everything that you're doing. You're a really great guy uh, helping us a lot. And I already have one product uh, listed on Amazon. Your podcast helped me a lot. So, yeah, my question is, uh, I'm currently in a research phase for my second product, and I already found it. I'm pretty sure that that product would be good for me because I already have a product that is similar to that one. But the problem is that I can see my a competitor, future competitor, or the main guy who is selling it, uh, has in his product description uh, prod, uh, patent pending. So basically, I'm scared if I will go into that product that uh, that product is already patented, so I will have any problems because of that. I was already looking on USPTO website about patents, but I wasn't able to find anything. They have like a lot of different similar products and it, it's really messy to look at there. So uh, my question for you is, uh, what should I do to make sure that that product is not patented? I mean, I don't want to sell uh, and have some problems. I want to be completely uh, legal. So thank you, Scott, very much. And I hope to hear your answer. Cheers. Well, hey, Adrian from Serbia. What is up, man? Thank you so much for the question. You guys know I get fired up when I start hearing people calling in globally, like we're all over the world. This is amazing. Love it. Love it. Love it. And uh, thank you so much for being a listener. And thanks so much for taking action. Because uh, now that you've taken action, you've gotten some results and and now you're starting to get that momentum. 
You're getting a little bit of mo in your life. And I pull that from the book, The Compound Effect. Uh, you, you know, he always talks about, Darren Hardy talks about getting mo in your life. You guys got to understand something. Once you start getting a little bit of mo or momentum, man, it's it's hard to stop. It's like that, it's like that big rock at the top, top of the mountain that starts to tumble. The, the more it tumbles, the faster it goes and the more momentum it builds up. It's like the snowball, right? The snowball effect. Uh, anyway, uh, all right, so... Let's talk about this whole patent pending thing. Now, there's there's a couple things that I want to mention here. Number one is a patent pending is really just a patent pending. It means it's not issued. It's not been approved. It just means that it's, you know, it's pending, right? That they filed. I have a patent pending right now on one of our products that we just launched not that long ago. It's a patent pending. I can write on my packaging patent pending. Doesn't mean that I'm going to get my patent. Now, I can get an extension on that, and it was funny. I was talking to someone recently, and they said, I don't even care if I really get the patent because I can at least put patent pending on my product for at least a year, maybe even a year and a half, maybe even two years, depending on how much of an extension I can get. And part of that game plan is then it kind of keeps people off because when you see that patent pending, it does kind of scare you off. Now, let me just say that I'm not a legal advisor. I am not giving you any legal advice. All I'm saying is that a patent pending, as far as I know, is a pending thing, right? It's like not, it's not there yet. It's not like official. And just about anybody can get a patent pending as long as you filed. Now, with that being said, it does make me, if I see that on a product, probably want to stay away a little bit, or at least I'm going to want to probably reach out to an attorney. Uh, And I know that you can do a Google search and and you've already kind of done that and you might find a patent that's there that's pending. I'm doing the air quotes. But again, if you do have something like that, that it kind of comes up, you do have to ask yourself that question. Do I want to get involved in a patent fight? You know, do you want to, do you want to have someone come after you once you get up and running? And my, you know, my thoughts on that is no, I don't. I actually had a product not that long ago that we were thinking about launching and we found a patent pending. Uh, Actually, I thought it was a patent and then I found out it was pending and it hadn't been approved yet. But a patent attorney told me, listen, it's going to come down to who has the most money. And if that person's already like up and running and selling 50, 60, $70,000 a month and you're starting from zero, they're going to have a little bit more money than you to kind of enforce this patent. So you have to ask yourself that question. Uh, I probably, in this case, would probably step aside from that product right now. Keep an eye on it. I wouldn't, I'd just shelf it. I wouldn't, you know, do away with it 100%. And I'd probably see if there was something else that I could launch that would be, you know, along the same lines or within that same market, if that's what you're going after. Uh, But I personally would probably step back or, or I would reach out to a patent attorney and I would ask them to dig into it. Probably going to cost you three, $400, but it's going to be money well spent now to know if you should even, if you should even do that, right? Because you do, the, the last thing you want to do is invest in the resources and going back and forth with your time and maybe even doing your own custom mold and all this stuff and then have, you know, someone come, come at you with a, you know, with a patent infringement violation and then an attorney and then you got to, have your attorney talk to that attorney, and then you start adding up the hourly rate of $400 an hour, and 
nah, it just doesn't, it doesn't interest me. Um, so I would stay away from that. But just to let you know, from what I understand, a patent pending is not an official patent as of yet. It's pending, meaning it's not there yet, but it has been filed. Now, uh, you know, it could get approved. It might not get approved. And, and if it does, then they're going to have a full patent. And now, you know, now you are going to have some issues um, if you ended up going through with that product. Uh, and, and again, I mean, you can, you can go and say, you know what, I'm going to take this product and make it different so I wouldn't be violating it. They still could have something in that patent that says that you can't do it for whatever reason. I mean, it could be the strangest thing. But again, you have to think long and hard about this. Is this product the one that you have to launch or that you have to sell? Or is there something else that you could do in the meantime while you let this thing kind of kind of just, you know, kind of work itself a little bit and see if uh, if you can learn a little bit more about it before you end up jumping into the patent pending world. All right. So hopefully this helped you. And I don't want to scare anybody, but I do definitely want you guys to know that. Like if it's me and I'm seeing that, I'm definitely going to be stepping back. And some people would say, well, then that's great. Then I'll just, I'm just going to file for a patent on all my products. And then at least I can put patent pending there for a, at least a year. And that may be okay. You know, you, that, that's fine. Um, it's not something that I'm going to, I'm not going to just do a patent, uh, a file to put on my product on just to do it. Um, but if I think that I, I may be patenting that, I, I would. But you can do that. You can put patent pending on there if you have one that is pending. All right, so hopefully this helped you guys. This was a great episode, by the way. I think this was really, really good. Now that I kind of go back and I listen to the questions and and kind of like, you know, a little bit of the feedback that I can give, a lot of important things here. I mean, negative reviews and, and hurting sales, that's big, right? And, you know, your sponsored product ads, it's always going to be a moving target, pretty much. We just have to keep a learning and adapting. And then patents and patent pendings and infringements and all that stuff is always, always going to be a hot topic and something that we want to know a little bit more about. So guys, I hope this has helped you. Keep the questions coming. Head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and do that. Ask a question. Leave your first name, where you're tuning in from, and just a you know a quick question, and I'll do my best to answer here on an upcoming Ask Scott session. And then the show notes, guys, I'll just remind you, theamazingseller.com forward slash 379. You can grab all the show notes, the links, and uh, transcripts, all that stuff will be over there for you. All right, guys. So as always, remember that I am here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, weekend, night, whatever time of day it is. And I'll see you guys right back here on the next episode. 